Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to your must remember this. I'm Karina Longsworth. Join me, won't you? <clears throat> Sorry. Hello, welcome to the Fear of Podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Hello, yes, yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, uh, welcome to the Fear. My guest this episode is Jordan Morris. Um, Jordan is a comedy writer based in Los Angeles, Hollywood. Um, you might know him from the Jordan Jesse Go podcast. His jokes on Comedy Central's At Midnight, or as the creator of Bubble, the audio sci-fi sitcom that came out last year on the Maximum Fun Network. Um, I am biased because I was one of the writers on Bubble, but um, it is brilliant. And if you like this podcast, you will like Bubble. So please find it online where you get your podcast from, but not before you listen to this. So, um, yeah, so no, I was so recently I was in LA for um, reasons, and one of the reasons was um, to work on this new secret Bubble bubbly project with Jordan and so obviously I asked him to be my guest on The Fear. Um, tiny heads up, uh, we recorded this in Jordan's apartment, um, I, I was using um, uh, remote mics, um, there was a technical fuck up as we call it in the biz, um, you don't care, no one cares, everyone hates it when you apologise for sound stuff but just let you know this is this recording is cobbled together between uh, mic recordings and the backup I made on my phone so um, if that kind of stuff really annoys you just listen to a different episode we've cleaned it up all nice like um but yeah i know some people hate that stuff but if you don't listen to this episode you are going to miss out on some really fun stuff um jordan talking about how he created bubble um his fear of the theme from mash um wesley snipes doing eyeball stuff in demolition man um his um internet related fomo um and as well as us doing our spooktacularly accurate impressions of um, Karina Longsworth from the You Must Remember This podcast. Uh, so please uh, join me, won't you, and enjoy this chat with the fabulous Jordan Morris. Thank you. Yeah, you, uh, you're the creator of, of Bubble. Yes, uh, the podcast, the uh, podcast, which you wrote perhaps everyone's well, favourite episode You need of. to stop saying that because people are someone's going to get really upset. That's true. But, you know, it is the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, a, it let's just fan, say a fan favourite episode. A fan favourite, yes. people quote to me often. Because we kill Morrissey in it. Because Morrissey oh, dies. a spoiler. Yeah. Um, we... Killed Steve, Steve Agee in it. <laughs> yes, also Steve, a spoiler. <laughs> Steve Agee, uh, the uh, the brilliant comic actor. I think in your episode plays a autonomous robot cab driver mm-hmm. and explodes. Yeah, he so. he plays a, a, a the, the friendly robotic face of self driving cabs. Right, um, which tells you quite a lot about what Bubble is about. Um, and now I'm going to ask you to tell the listeners at home who are going to be mostly British people who might not have heard the show. Sure. So if you can stand it, please tell me what Bubble is about. Fairhaven is a great place to live. It has an incredible music scene and tons of dog parks, but there are some downsides. The rents are sky high, and once in a while, you get attacked by a bloodthirsty psychic beast from another world. Oh, and the lines for food trucks can get, like, super long. It's the setting for MaximumFun.org's new comedy sci-fi podcast, Bubble. I can stand it. Uh, I've been doing this a lot lately. You've been on the Bubble promotion tour. Of course. Uh, uh, yeah, so it is a uh, it's a sci-fi comedy show. It's set in kind of a, a, a kooky alternate now where, uh, you know, people, because the world has become uninhabitable, people live under these uh, domed cities, bubbles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each bubble has a different vibe and kind of our characters our main characters live in a bubble that is kind of 
uh, well, little hipster paradise uh, in America. We would say it is a Silver Lake or a Brooklyn or a Portland. Mm, so uh, in the UK, that would be a Shoreditch or a Dalston or a Hackney. Sure. Uh, if you're a Canadian listener, Vancouver, I've heard it, uh, I've heard <laughs> it referred to as. Interesting. Uh, hey, why don't you tell us what you think? <laughs> yeah. At the Fear Podcast and just write the name of a city. Yeah. Where's your small area? Of- where's your slightly obnoxious neighborhood yeah. that has become too expensive but got good coffee yeah where everything is sort of painted in black wall paint yeah uh, and and the shop's name does not tell you what they sell in the shop nor does the shop window oh right a, that's that's the it's main. like rabbit and broomstick it's like what yeah. does this have yeah it's like uh, <laughs> yeah yes, exactly it'll be like wolf and daisies and sure. there's some dripping candles in the window and some taxidermy and you're like do they sell dripping candles do they sell taxidermy <laughs> no it turns out they're a hairdresser yeah but I'm staying when I'm in no, now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm staying in Echo Park, mm-hmm. and the thing that delights me most about it is that every single shop there looks like um, uh, Rose Apothecary from Shit's Creek. Yeah, <laughs> which is a deep cut. Sure, but if you don't watch Shit's Creek, just literally just stop listening to this now and just go and watch some Shit's Creek because you will feel genuinely better after <laughs> it. Uh, in a way that I can't guarantee. <laughs> you uh, so yes, go and look yeah. at Eugene Levy's beautiful, beautiful pansexual son. Oh, <laughs> that son of his! He's so beautiful. And I'll say this: <laughs> I mean, listen, a lot has been made of Schitt's Creek. There are a lot of good things to say about it. Eugene Levy's beautiful son. People mm. talk about it a lot. Uh, I think Eugene Levy himself oh. looking pretty good in this. He's, He's aged well. But they look so good together. They do. And it's not a creepy twins incest thing, but it's just they just are uh, two fine looking men. Yeah. One was born by the other, and you just enjoy them. Sure. <laughs> it's a great show. I know, and Eugene Levy, like, you know, uh, 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 historically has played a lot of nerdy dad type characters. Yes, but... well, I know him best in Splash, you see. Oh, okay. Quite mermaid. Interested? Curious? Yeah, I'm gonna cut my legs off. Sure. Or sew them together. Sell my voice box to a witch. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I love Splash. Is genuinely one of my favorite films of all yeah. time. And Eugene Levy. That it's just. It's Le- Le- I'm saying it. Levy. I think you say Levy or Levy. Oh. Sure. Interesting. Let's call the whole thing off. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so we're talking about anyway. So bubble. So, uh, our characters live in a dome city that's yeah. a little hipster yeah. utopia. Yeah. Uh, but on the outside, there are crazy monsters who are slowly starting to get in. So they have to use this uh, use this app called Hunter that is kind of like Uber, but for monster killing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, they're kind of roped into the gig economy. And yeah, you uncover a little government conspiracy and uh, yeah, meet all sorts of uh, kind of uh, hip urban mutants. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It was just really inspired by my love of stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff that kind of mashes uh, sci-fi and comedy together so that was good thanks that was really professional I'm... even though we paused in the middle to talk about shit's great and, <laughs> right, and yeah. weird hipster shops mm-hmm. uh, yeah that was good that was great no, I'm, I'm trying I'm it's, trying it's really if you uh, listen uh, British people would be interested to know that Ben Walker who's a, a radio producer uh, did all the sound did the sound design mm-hmm. is that correct yeah he did he did, um, did a great job I mean um, it, it, it sounds so cool uh, also the cast is spectacular if you are a fan of uh, American podcasting yeah should we do some names together let's name some Can names I, who are my episodes who are, yes who are so your faves yeah. like my friend Jordan Morris said do you want to write an episode of a sci-fi podcast sitcom thing uh, uh, yeah sounds great and because I read the pilot and I knew I was a fan uh, and I loved the idea of I've, I've tried to write a sort of gig economy near future thing and it just was so unloved and so rubbish it was like and Jordan wrote his at the same time I think I think it would be fair to say that a lot of writers at around the same time decided that they were absolutely fucking sick of talking about now yeah and wanted to write something that was near future sure. that was oh sorry but this isn't near future is it it's, but I know what you mean I, yeah, I don't think you're I think incorrect. you could describe it as uh, yeah because it, it's a different timeline right. it's, it's the same sure. timeline but it's not here, and the technology's more advanced. There is there is such a thing as exploding robot uh, cab drivers and cool weaponry for killing monsters and stuff. So it would be argued that it could be. But no, but I, but I know what you do, mean. People is people now right. did not want to write stuff yeah. that was set in the present day, the and I think we age all is had, a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think everyone was looking for a thing to write about that wasn't now. <laughs> and yeah, and I think that you know, and also I think something something that has happened is that that genre stuff has Mm. become so prevalent like you know 
uh, upon upon the weekend of this recording, everyone mm-hmm. is going to see a Captain Marvel movie. Of course they are. Uh, and, you know, uh, genre stuff is so prevalent, but it is so rarely funny. Yes, uh, true. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think just kind of, kind of people like those sci-fi trappings and kind of, you know, people have come to accept that there are mutants and domed cities in fiction mm. and uh, just, and then what if we wrote jokes too? Well, but particularly doing it as a, as a narrative comedy, yeah. which is just, as someone from the UK, we we have thousands of sure, narrative yeah. uh, radio sitcoms, and doesn't seem too much of a thing here with podcasting. So, in a way, you kind of like just by like knocking off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Standing on the shoulders of giants, <laughs> and you, people are in America are like, "What a podcast! What, uh, it's not podcast talking about song. pop culture or murder." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not just two white people sitting on a sofa talking about... F- oh, wait a minute, hang on, that's what this podcast does. It's not all... We're gonna oh, remember shit. movies so much. But- and we're back. Just a little uh, technical thing going on there. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in the uh, it, when 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 we were interrupted, yeah. we were uh, we were listing some of the people who were in Bubble. Yes, that's right. Yes, your fabulous sitcom. Uh, what are you calling it? Narrative sci-fi comedy. So yeah, something? narrative sci-fi comedy podcast. Maybe too long. I think mm. we could just probably say sitcom, audio sitcom. Audio sitcom. I don't know. Yeah. But you had yes, yeah, some like just. Like I said, I wrote this episode thinking this is a fun thing to do. I love writing for radio. And then all of a sudden I listened back to the episode and there was literally Judy fucking Greer. Yeah, Judy Greer. Development. Yes. And Archer and all of the programs that I love um, is in the episode. Steve Agee's in the episode. Um, oh, who plays the br- Nigel the British guy? Oh, Rob Corddry. Rob the great Corddry Rob Corddry. The Daily Show. Uh, and Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> sure. All the stuff, yeah. Uh, and that's just my episode. Who else are the other people who are... Boy, yes, yeah, so our leads are uh, Alison Becker, who people might know from Parks and Rec, uh, great stand-up comic, Eliza mm. Skinner, uh, Mike Mitchell, who people might know from the uh, Netflix show Love mm-hmm. or the Doughboys podcast, uh, Keith Powell. From motherfucking Thirty Rock, motherfucking Thirty Rock. Uh, He's Chris- in Thirty Rock. Yeah, Tufa from Thirty Rock, and uh, Cristela Alonso, who uh, a great stand-up comic, and uh, was one of the cars in Cars Three. <laughs> so voiceover royalty, uh, literally a car from Car what? Three, from Cars Three. Um, yeah, and then just you know uh, every every uh, you know every every LA podcast regular you've come to expect a uh, Kyle Kinane. Mm-hmm. Um, we got in there. Um, yeah, John Hodgman does some of funny bits. The McElroy brothers, yes. uh, Helen Hong from uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we definitely you know had a had a lot of fun uh, fun pals come in and kind of play for a day or more. And uh, yeah, it, it turned out really good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely proud of it, and it's definitely like the kind of thing that I want more of in yes. in the world. So and um, you can't say too much, can you? But you have there's bigger things happening in the bubble universe we are uh <laughs> we the collective and also we you and i the people, in the, I, and the, people in the room bug, but i'm sure she and, you know, in, yeah. bug is not not involved she's providing moral support but yeah. uh yes more more bubble things will hopefully be coming at mm-hmm. you very soon uh so i want to talk to you about as you are a, a man who is creating monsters mm-hmm. uh, and i know uh, this is something that i've talked to other people on the show about um joel morris alice lowe how do you build a monster boy you know i uh, thankfully in bubble i did not have to do any monster building i vaguely described them and i let people's imaginations mm, fill in the yes. gaps. theater of the ear i believe they call it yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I was kind of just thinking about other monsters that I liked from mm-hmm. pop culture. Uh, I'll, uh, so in my mind, when I was writing Bubble, I was playing uh, Bloodborne, mm-hmm. which is one of the From Software RPGs. Uh, and yeah, and I just loved the monsters in that. I think I they have such a cool, weird look. They're both familiar and not familiar. Um, they kind of remind you of other things, but are totally alien. It's this video game that's kind of set in a kind of a weird poltergeisty Jack the Ripper type world. Oh. So yeah, and then so the kind of <clears throat> monsters kind of stem from that tradition. A lot of Lovecraft in there as well. Uh, so yeah, so I kind of liked those and kind of pictured them in my head. So I kind of like, in, in my brain, mm. you know, the, the weapons of the monsters are kind of all from that 
universe. You've chosen to. It's very clever. It's very clever. Sure. The, the monsters in the show are uh, they're sort of sort of making a comment on uh, yeah a, a social trope a situation. There is a book club that is made up of a hive mind of of, of women who drink alien blood and turn into a hive mind. There's a a, a group of beard guys yes, who yeah, are so over-opinionated real ale snobs. Yeah, so there's are, some uh, universal trope. real ale snobs. I, haven't, yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's good. That's, that's, that's what you. I mean, what do you call them? The beer beer guys. Yeah, yeah. the beer yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, real ale snob is is yeah the same thing. Uh, talking about IPAs and uh, sure. fruitiness versus their yeah. <laughs> their hoppy notes. Oh yeah, zesty, mm-hmm. earthy, yeah. earthy yeah. words. Uh, mm. Verbs, adjectives. Ruby. Yes. Uh, I fucking love an IPA. Moist. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> Clowns are scary. Something interesting. That has come up on the show. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Clowns are kind of scary. You know. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have the book club. We have the beer snobs who drink a tainted IPA <laughs> and, their, and their, uh, their beards grow to <laughs> great lengths. They start whipping people and they also can't stop shouting their opinions at people. Very subtle. Uh, very, I know. I mean, it, you almost don't notice it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we kind of have a, we have a giant corporation that is slowly mm. poisoning everyone. Um, you know. Big which, robot suits with spinny blades in yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, 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 you know, I think c- c- comics and genre stuff, I think that, you know, the mo- the, the monsters represent an anxiety. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. It's, uh, you know, it's consumerism. Run yeah. amok. It's yeah. where all, we've all become apathetic well, yeah. flesh eaters because of consumerism. So, yeah, I kind of just tried to do a little bit of that, but tried to make this stuff distinctly no, modern a, and now. No, I mean, and, and, and not, to, not to talk too much about Buffy to her as to... Uh, make people think I stole everything from Bubble from it. But yeah, I mean, I think that's what that show did really well. It took mm. the like anxieties of being a, you know, a high school student or later a college student kind mm. of turned them into their crazy monster versions. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that's what X-Men does well. It takes the, mm. you know, anxieties of change and, and makes it a physical manifestation. Yeah. So yeah, it's... Do, do you like horror movies yeah i really yeah, do i movies. was definitely <laughs> oh no i'm home alone making popcorn uh and then a stranger ropes me into a podcast oh god that is like actually your nightmare i know it? that is the scream reboot <laughs> do you want to be on my podcast <laughs> it's really great <laughs> we, we discuss pop song. culture we watch every single episode of baywatch oh while drunk maybe that's the yeah god maybe that's the scream reboot is a is people doing a podcast about the Scream movies? Oh, we nice. watch then, every Scream oh, movie. It's perfect for a true crime yeah. uh, podcast, the Scream. Oh, yeah. The, Fox doing a true crime. The, uh, the Halloween reboot had podcasters in it. Did it? Yeah, Michael Myers kills two people who are doing a podcast about oh, the Michael amazing. Myers murders. Two people who are doing a Michael Myers murder podcast. Yeah, amazing. I know. Uh, it's great. They're really annoying too. It's funny. They really cast them well. Perfect. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, we yeah. So I growing up, uh, we did not have a lot of horror movies in the house, mm-hmm. um, and I was a little bit of a scaredy cat. I definitely had neighbors who uh, watched Friday the Thirteenth movies during every sleepover. Right. Um, yeah, and I kind of like. But I was very scared of them. I always either like made an excuse to go home mm. or hid or something. Um, but yeah, kind of later in high school, I got a little braver. And just because high school, uh, all of my friends were going to see horror movies mm-hmm. uh, all the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, and I think in, in, in the 90s, uh, when I was going to high school, it was kind of that horror resurgence that was caused by Scream. So mm. every other weekend, there was a... Urban Legends, or I Know What You Did Last Summer, mm-hmm. or Event Horizon, mm. or a similar type movie in theaters. Uh, so yeah, and then that led to me being actually into them, and then you know, kind of going back and watching your 
Dawns of the Dead <laughs> and your Shiningses and things like that. So, Hello, I'm John Holmes, and yes, the last thing you need is another podcast that takes apart a television show and hacks through it like a cough going through a pensioner. Except wait, because this is the The One Show show in which myself and my guests force ourselves to watch a week's worth of TV's The One Show and then analyse it all in far too much detail. It sounds like a terrible idea, and it is for us. But for you, it's entertainment gold that's all over a programme you yourself have no intention of ever watching. The The One Show Show, every Tuesday and Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Did you tell me in real life or was it on a podcast I was listening to you on? Well, is there ever never any difference anymore? Uh, yeah. You were talking about you uh, got a box set of old horror film fans from the opera and stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. I really love the podcast. Uh, Did you, you tell me that in person? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. But, uh, so I, yes, I... Um, <laughs> Uh, like the podcast, you must remember this. Uh, it's about old Hollywood. You must remember. I'm Katerina Longworth. Yeah. And I pronounce all my words well. I, well. <laughs> I, do you know what? Doing Karina Longworth impression, Longsworth? Longworth, Long, I think. Longworth. Yeah. It's the most fun you can have. It I is. do it around my house alone all the time. She has this beautiful, and it's not quite British, but it's sort of Catherine Hepburn-y, British. Yeah. Um, my name, welcome to your must remember this. Written, podcast, directed, <laughs> starring and, mm. a podcast about murder and glamour, <laughs> arsenic and Hollywood. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's, it rules. Uh, um, so she did a great series on mm. Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi. Mm. Um, and so it, uh, which I. Uh, listened to while drinking and because <laughs> I realized while I was listening that I had uh, hadn't seen a lot of those movies I just jumped on to old amazon.com and got yeah. myself a blu-ray box set of those movies and uh, they were really fun watches um you know I had seen Frankenstein and Dracula before mm. um but yeah they are they are really really striking when they're not being very boring. They're pretty mm. boring movies, um, <laughs> as old movies tend to be sometimes. Yeah. Well, uh, they're actually, like, at least they're decent lengths old films. Oh, they're great lengths. Yeah, they're 80 like minutes? Yeah, perfect. Mwah. Yeah, in and out, job done. Um, yeah, and you can but really... The, yeah, the scene is, like, <laughs> yeah. Phantom of the Opera is basically just opera. You are watching <laughs> operas oh, with some occasional <laughs> moments of intrigue. Right. Uh, but the last... Uh, the last stretch of that movie when it's kind of happening under the opera mm. house is is amazing. It's so beautiful. Mm. Uh, and just I can tell how, you know, if you saw that movie in the 30s or 40s or whenever it came out, mm. you would have, yeah, I mean, it probably felt like seeing Spider-Verse of like, oh my God, <laughs> this is new. This is new. Uh, so yeah, it, it uh, but those were those were a really fun watch. I, uh, I liked it a lot. And definitely there are a lot of... Um, uh, it is the cheesiest of the bunch, but there are a lot of very beautiful moments in Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm. uh, a movie that is, uh, uh, yeah, you know, maybe the closest thing to a B movie in that bunch, but definitely yeah. like uh, a very, uh, a very beautiful movie. But they were, yeah, they were all sort of they're, they're, they're better than they had to be. And yeah, you, definitely filled with metaphor and <laughs> anxiety of the the of the modern moment and yeah. all that stuff. So, uh, I have you ever heard Corinne Longworth do her Alfred Hitchcock? 
voice. No. It's astonishing. Is it good? This is why I don't feel bad about making fun of her slightly unusual, <laughs> slightly affected accent. Sure. I'm along with that. Oh, girls are so mean and I only wear stockings, not tights. That's, that is, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is Green Long. Uh, she, uh, when uh, she is, so we were talking about Alfred Hitchcock, she does uh, her Alfred Hitchcock mm-hmm. voice, which is She's really enjoying her time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll drop in a little clip of it here. Please do. Yeah, yes. yeah. Corinne uh, Longworth being Alfred Hitchcock. Right. It's Reliving that SNL audition that she had that didn't yes. go well. Oh, that's it. It's exactly like someone doing, you know, I do this very hot take on Alfred I Hitchcock. do Hitchcock and Squeaky Frome. Grace turned down a chance to play the Ava Marie Saint role in On the Waterfront in order to make Rear Window, which would subsequently become the quintessential Grace Kelly role. Hitch was extremely specific about how Grace would be presented in this movie. He instructed costume designer Edith Head to, quote, make her look like a piece of Dresden china, something slightly untouchable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I was kind of a scared child. Yeah, I think I uh, I was very I was afraid of the dark, and I was afraid uh, I was afraid of not being able to sleep. Mm. And I think nothing makes it so you can't get to sleep. Yeah, if you're afraid of not being able to go to sleep. Yeah, Uh, and I just remember like kind of laying in bed and like worrying, and I always knew I was up too late when I heard. Like the TV from the other room that my mm. parents were watching play the MASH theme song, <gasps> uh, Suicide is Painless, which I only so learned uh, recently was the name of that song. Yeah. Um, Covered by the Manic Street Preachers. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's quite a good version, but yes, the, with the full lyrics. Sure. And, they, and then, yeah, given the fate of the singer, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it, sure. it like retro, retroactively makes the theme from MASH sound even more harrowing. Which is quite harrowing. Yeah. Um, so when I heard that Mash, and I think you know, uh, Mash was was the like late night rerun at that point. Right. It was like you know, it came on after the news. Mm-hmm. This the Mash rerun would start. I kind of like heard that theme song, and I knew I was up too late. I knew that kids should be asleep. That, and I don't know what exactly. I thought was going to happen if I didn't sleep, but mm. I think I was, you know, maybe yeah, I would no. fall asleep in class, or I would, yeah. you know. Just yeah, or I would die, <laughs> die of tired. Um, but yeah, I think I had a lot of that, and I had a lot of like you know, like wanting to. I think I boy, I think I did. I think my parents like shut the door, but I remember like having a period where I would get a little like pillow and blanket and sleep kind of near their door, so I would be closer to them, uh, and just kind of feel less by myself. I think I do have a you know, and I think I've I've. I've kind of got accustomed to it, but I think I do, I definitely do have a little bit of a loneliness fear, a Mm. little bit of a like, when I like realize I'm by myself, I think that Mm. can cause some anxiety. Um, So yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually a pretty good sleeper now. Um, You know, diet and exercise, don't drink coffee too late, (laughs) uh, don't drink too much alcohol. Um, But yeah, sleep has been... um, kind of a challenge mm. in my life. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm in a good place with it, but I've definitely had periods of my life when like anxiety is high that um, sleep has been a challenge. Yeah. And it's just, and it's the, you know, it's the, the beast that feeds itself. It's if you yeah. can't sleep, then you feel shitty the next day and you worry and, yeah. you know. that When you're a kid though as well, it's one of the sort of few areas of control that you have. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah, like I stay up all night just to see what happens. Right? Or yeah, I might, what if I never sleep? What would happen yeah. then? And I, I love the the thing, the thing from Mash is uh, just letting s- me know so that so chilly. Yeah, yeah. Just things things are going on now that you won't quite understand. I know because <laughs> you're a child. I'm like why are, why do people call this a comedy? It's yeah. not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funny is happening. <laughs> Why 
is this war gone on so long? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he in a dress? Oh, God. <laughs> Why are the scenes so long? Does everyone hate MASH? Is that like a thing that everyone hates MASH? Because it's uh, like every American I talk to hates that's MASH. A like, good... we all secretly hate MASH. Well, I think it's people our age grew up with it as the thing that our parents haunted their told sleep. us. That haunted their sleep. Yeah, for me specifically. Yeah. But it's those things that your parents tell you are good, and then you watch it as a kid, and you're like, I'm a kid. I don't like this. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, so you kind of resent it. Maybe mm. if I revisited it, I would like it. Uh, I've never seen the movie. I've heard the movie is like a classic, but um, uh, uh, I have not seen the movie. Yeah, I remember the poster being quite creepy. What like a lot poster? of seventies things. Yeah, the seventies quite creepy. creepy huh? <laughs> it had uh, it had a pair of it had like a hand. No, no, it's, it's, it's Let's nice. look up the match poster. Look up the match poster. Yeah, you tell me if this is creepy. Um, yeah. That's oh, creepy. it's a hand giving the peace sign and there's a there's like a helmet oh. on one of the fingers. Yeah, and it's done in a kind of Oh, and yes, so it's um it's a hand in the peace sign, it's wearing a helmet, but it's got ladies' legs coming out the bottom yeah. of it. Uh which I don't remember there being a lot of ladies in heels. Right. But maybe there is in the film. Uh, yeah, so it's got some... It's creepy as fuck. It's very creepy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good, I'm glad. I'm glad we went on that journey, because it's like, <laughs> I was just like, I yeah. remember Google the MASH creepy. poster, everyone. Yeah, um, the MASH poster with the women's legs, mm-hmm. and the, and legs are facing away from the fingers, which Oof. makes it worse. Yeah, it's like, are we like, seeing cool. the hands yeah. butt? <laughs> Does the hand have a butt? <laughs> I don't know. The heel of the hand is... <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the helmet then. Yeah, so there's eyes maybe. Oh, God, I'm going to stop. Ooh, don't really think too much about the mash hand. Really don't freaking. think too much about the mash hand. Especially if I teach him better just trying to get to sleep. I know, and that hand walks, walks in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oof, yeah. <laughs> and then that music starts playing. <laughs> Yes, so you've never seen this. I've never seen this. Uh, so this is, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is. if you listen to my podcast, Jordan, just ago, this is a movie boo. that I... I <laughs> boots. Not plugging podcasts. I'm sorry. Um, should we do Karina Longworth voice more? We can go back to that. Jeez. So uh, the movie Demolition Man comes mm. up a lot. This is a, uh, this is a, I think, 1993 action movie starring Sylvester Stallone. And Wesley Snipes, uh, they uh, the, he's a he's a cop. Wesley or Sylvester Stallone is a cop. Wesley Snipe is a super criminal uh, named Simon Phoenix. Just I mean, just way better than a normal criminal. Um, cool hair, rave pants. So Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is a uh, is a super cop. Wesley Snipes is a super criminal. Uh, mm-hmm. They have dumb names. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is John Spartan. Wesley Snipes is Simon Phoenix, and yeah, they are both frozen uh, for their crimes. I think uh, Sylvester Stallone gets framed for something Wesley Snipes did. They both get frozen, uh, and they break out into a future where everything is ultra politically correct. No, uh, so there's a lot of seen this. Uh, too busy living it. That's too busy living it. Right? Is this a documentary? So. Yeah, it is it is a weird fish out of water comedy and also hyper violent action movie. Hey, so there's a scene where Wesley Snipes breaks out of prison uh, and the doors of this future prison have a retinal scan mm. for eyeballs. Mm. So to get out, he has to uh, cut out the warden's eyeball and show it to the retinal scan while it's nice. uh, embedded okay. on the end of a scalpel. Well, that might be a bit of a spoilering for me, but I'm now going to watch this. But anyway, we t- yes, we've discussed the, the the concept of eyeball trauma. Yeah, always and gets me. I think that that's a perfectly... I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to be scared of. Yeah. <laughs> eyeball trauma. They're so soft, eyeballs. They really are. Uh, yeah. No, it's... it's. Yeah. There's literally nothing I can, can un- unpack about that. No. In terms of just like, yeah, no, that's all... That's no all one really... wants their eyes poked. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, every time yeah. I have a pretty high tolerance for gore in movies, mm. but any time an eyeball gets involved, mm. I always squeal Right, let's watch bit. this together. Let's get this one over. 
29 years ago, the parole system as you know it was rendered obsolete. Really? Obsolete. Most of these in a sort of like plastic 90 uh, strapped to a metal future chair. Stop it! So and a guy who looks like sort of like a Nazi yeah. slash nerd is um, yelling at him. He's got a kind of a blonde, not mohawk, but something. It's pretty cool. So he said teddy bear and this chair opened I'm assuming that's some kind of code word yeah I need to watch this film it looks great <laughs> and he stabbed him in the head with a gun <laughs> uh, I <think> some, some <laughs> sort of like he, injection thing he pulled his, like he pulled his gun out of the gun <laughs> stabbed with a gun with not shot with this is cool oh and he just said Simon says die his name is Simon yeah. so Simon says die okay this is great so great 90s action movie kind of bad catchphrases mm. He's sassy, isn't he? He apparently did a lot of improv. Oh, sure. So people, you know, they love to talk about. Let's get this over quickly. Let's get this over quickly. He's pulling out a scalpel. He's, oh, we're staying on this shot. Oh, cool. Oh, no, we're not. Are we staying? Yeah, and then he's got. Uh, yes, it's that's that's a very well done shot. He's it also, is a well done shot. Very memorable. Yeah. So he, you see him about to poke the eye. It cuts to the eye getting scanned, and then you pull out to reveal that he's got the eyeball on the end of a scalpel. Yeah, like a like a what's it called in those fun pop things that you get at Starbucks? Oh, cake like pop. A, cake pop. It that's does look like a cake it pop. Like a cake yeah, pop. like a disgusting, gory cake pop. I'm sure there's a terrible Netflix show where a woman makes those at Halloween, no, <laughs> and yeah. I will watch eyeball it. Eyeball cake pop. I sure. Do lo- I love me a. Halloween themed baking show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was that woman who uh, on Netflix is called the Mom, oh, the marvelous create cre- something creations of Christine, where she just a spooky lady in a horror house with some puppets making spooky foods. Okay, and I was with it for about ten minutes, and then she's just sort of carving. Uh, white chocolate into a bone shape that it seemed to take her about 11 hours uh, this is just weird this is creepier than just being into creepy horror stuff right a woman carving carving white chocolate into bone shapes mm-hmm. just yeah. too long sure maybe there's enough TV <laughs> okay well uh, let's uh, talk about um your fear that you live with now and I think we yes. got there actually very beautifully while talking about um, your fear of sleep and yeah uh, as a child and, and you mentioned you dropped a few hints that you still live with those kind of anxieties and yeah, yeah let's talk about uh, so yeah I think something that I have been that has been kind of on my mind lately and it's something that I kind of that kind of ebbs and flows as far as a fear I have mm-hmm. is loneliness specifically mm. perhaps dying alone uh, you laughed so I laughed yes but if you caught that mic that would sound like I just laughed well, apparently yeah. fear and comedy are linked did you know this well okay, yeah it's apparently it's like the same visceral reaction that we have oh mm-hmm, yeah to, right uh, yeah, you know stimulus physical yeah. sort of great change it's reacting like a, to great change exactly it's a release of tension mm-hmm, yeah it's mm-hmm, like someone should do a podcast mm-hmm. about that yeah someone should or when they watch every episode of Baywatch and then get drunk <laughs> that <laughs> sounds other, pretty funny too actually. yeah so uh, I'm so sorry I don't yes I was not uh, so yeah, so I, you know, so I live alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, me and the cat, of course. Yes. Um, and yeah. oh, she's very present. <laughs> she's, she's around. She's eating right now, but yeah. she'll be in back in later. Mm. Just check to things glare out. at me to glare. So uh, yeah, so I think I sometimes love and sometimes hate living alone. It's mm-hmm. a real mixed bag. I think when I'm having a great day and being productive and doing whatever the fuck I feel like, mm. and you know pausing briefly to just lay face down on the floor for no reason and then do some rolls because I want to. Uh, I feel great. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to that. Yeah. I'll just have a lie down. I'll lie down yeah. and maybe do a couple rolls. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. And then uh, and listen to the best of the gin blossoms for some reason. Mm. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. To. Um, and it's great. I and mean, sometimes it is lovely. But yeah, definitely like 
the, uh-oh, I'm by myself, and I haven't talked to another person mm. in a while. And if I died, you know, would anyone know <laughs> for a while? How long would that take? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it's a weird, and it is kind of a feeling, and I think that it is a little bit compounded these days because uh, I am kind of feeling like, the last single person, uh, not just in my friend group, but perhaps on Earth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and definitely, like, you know, loneliness is, is you know, one of the ways we combat that is mm. with making plans and seeing friends and getting mm. drinks and going on hikes. And it's like the, you know, those people who I do that stuff Mm. with are less and less available. Mm. And because they are with their significant others and their spouses and their children and Mm. sometimes their multiple children. And of Mm. course, they're nine shelter dogs. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I definitely like like that alone feeling is harder to combat just Mm. because people are harder to get a hold of. And I don't think it's because they don't want to be around. It's Mm. because they... Uh, it's because they cannot be, you know, they have priorities yeah. and, you know, just, uh, so yeah. So just the, like dating is kind of a new challenge and friendship is kind of a new mm. challenge and all this stuff that kind of came naturally before that happened naturally just isn't. And mm. I feel like I have to work at both those things in a way that I didn't have to before. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of this thing where it's like, you know, if I am feeling, lonely or alone or you know like I need somebody to talk to or I need somebody to tell my problems to like that person is just a little harder to come by these Mm. days so yeah and it's a very unique feeling um just because like or a feeling that's unique to now kind of in my life um just because like I or I've never felt that so potently Mm. I mean I think we can all Mm. think of a time when Dating was hard or when friendships were hard, but I'm like, oh boy, now it's just like, it seems like there's so many hurdles to mm-hmm. it. So when that little, that feeling creeps in, um, getting rid of it is, boy, it's a real challenge sometimes. Mm. So uh, I'm, first of all, sorry, I'm just checking this is still, uh, yeah, first of all, thank you for being so candid and sure. honest about it. I feel like this is a hard thing for people to talk about. Yeah, it, it feels is. like, uh, I think it's difficult to talk about. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't like it's it, yeah. It, it sounds like it, in some ways, you just, there's there's bound to be your the, the friends who can't make the, the pinball yeah. pub on a Tuesday are uh-huh. probably hugely jealous of your pinball. I'm sure Tuesday nurse. Yeah, and it's a very much a grass is greener thing. Where, no, where yeah, uh, I, yeah, and I, and I know, and I know that mm-hmm. I, you know, when I go on the Facebook and I see mm-hmm. pictures of the nice family at the pumpkin patch, yeah. and the kid has a you know, little Batman onesie mm. on or mm. something. And mm. I'm like, oh, that's that's great. Why did that not happen for me? Or why is mm. that not happening for me? Uh, I know that it's a particular feeling and I know that the people in that photo, mm. when, you know, they see a photo of <laughs> single people out yeah. on a Tuesday night at a bar that has pinball yeah. machines are like, yeah. what the fuck? I would give anything to do yeah. that. So, um, But also you're a writer and I think that we, we are by... Um, by the nature, the nature of the job is. I don't know. It's kind of different here with writers' sure. rooms, and everyone's much more collaborative. But I think ultimately, you even in a writers' room, it's sort of a room full of solitary people. Yeah. Who agree they're going to get on with each other because sure. they're all solitary people. Yeah. But do you think? I mean, do you, you personally feel like that? Like that's. Yeah, I mean, the writer or the lonely? Sure. <laughs> oh my god. I think I am. <laughs> I do. I do like. I think I do require more solo time mm-hmm. than the average person. I think if we were to, you know, survey 50 people and, you know, as to how much solo time they needed, I'm probably in the upper echelon of mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, that doesn't, I guess I, that's never, I, I, at a certain point I'm like, I'm done being solitary now. I would mm-hmm. like <laughs> to have, uh, some contact. Mm. Uh, so yeah. And I think, uh, but so yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, uh, balance is important and uh you know with that solo time you do need people and Mm. yeah and i feel like i my time these days is just way more it's i mean you know it's that simpsons where homer has to eat all the donuts (laughs) uh he goes to hell yes exactly ah good a a simpsons metaphor i can use to uh, talk about how i'm feeling yeah 
because I need those. Uh, yeah, I think I. Um, yeah. As far as yeah, I think it, maybe that's maybe that's a good a good way to describe how I'm feeling about solo time lately. It's mm-hmm. just that like, wow, there's a lot of it. Wow, yeah. there's a lot of it, and I don't. Uh, and I'm to the point where like, boy, I could use. 50% less of this. Mm. So, but you've recently shifted from being a staffer on uh you're a staffer on at midnight and yeah. and uh and, and other shows to essentially being uh king of bubble. Sure. Looking after your little empire. Of course. So that solitude is because uh, partly because you have to kind of be in charge of this thing, this right. world, you you know. You're no longer you're no longer servicing someone else's. Sure. Art. Uh that's a, yeah. If you're in charge of uh, uh, Jordan Morris Inc., right? As uh, uh, yeah, I you're kind of in charge of your own empire, which right. you, which is like having a little office full of people that you have to run and organize, and yeah. yeah. And I and I and I'm glad I'm doing this part of writing now, mm-hmm. which is the world where you're writing for yourself a lot, and also mm-hmm. you're writing from home a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I'm seeing what it like, what it is like. Um, you know, I think given my druthers, I would always be in a writer's room, even if I wasn't working really? on. Yeah, I, I like it the best. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's definitely where I'm the happiest, I think. And obviously there are dysfunctional writer's rooms yes. and bad, you know, work environments where you don't want to be. But I think when it's working at its best, the writer's room is a beautiful place to be creative. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully at, at some point, you know, maybe there will be a bubble <laughs> writer's room where we can all. Oh, thank God we finally got there. Let's dick, dick around, uh, <laughs> dick around for half the day and order lunch and get coffee and yeah. have running jokes that mm. play out on a text chain later. Um, yeah, I'm not going to let you. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about this for a little bit more if that's okay. Sure, no, I'm happy to. No, I just. Uh, it feels. I mean, it feels like the the sort of the fact that we have this kind of everything in the world machine at our fingertips sure. as well where it's like the idea that the entire world is just out you know not even just outside the door but there yeah. should make you feel more connected but actually i find is much more sort yeah, of paralyzingly totally i can't yeah because it's showing you it's not showing you what you're do- showing you things you're not at exactly here's yeah. what you're not doing yeah all this FOMO. look at all this stuff you're yeah. not doing yeah yeah carefully beautifully curated to sure. give you exactly the best version of it all lovingly uh, tongue-in-cheek we're all uh, at pumpkin patches <laughs> with our batman kids um and this is a very specific vision you've had i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe in you, and I don't want to make your dream board. Thank you. <laughs> a pumpkin patch with a Batman child. <laughs> I just want a child to put in a Batman outfit, and I want us to go to a pumpkin patch. <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable. You can just hire children for that if that is, if that photo is. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah. It. it um. Right. And I. Yeah. I, I am not on Instagram. That's one of the social networks I don't do. Mm. I, and I think because I know that I am so susceptible to that. Oh my God! Oh. I, Sorry, Bugs uh, just joined us. Hello. Yeah, Bugs she's protecting over. you. She is <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Instagram is a weird one because it's, it's such a shop front in uh, presenting your best self. Right, but I don't sure. mind it because yeah. that's what everyone's doing. Everyone is doing a lovely version of themselves. Here's me looking lovely. Oh, I love your lipstick, babes. I love it too. Sure. Where'd you get your head on? You're living your best life. Right. Who do you? <laughs> <Hashtag>. <laughs> right. Maybe I should do Instagram. <laughs> And then I'd get uh, people telling me to do me. Yeah, you do you. Uh, crushing it, babe. Crushing it, All sure. The the women say to each other. <laughs> giving me life. Oh, uh, giving you. Thirsty for you. <laughs> I don't know what. I've run out of Instagram words now. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually, uh, it's weirdly positive in a way that I personally don't find creepy and alienating, yeah. which I would normally if it, anything's sure. just relentlessly positive. But actually, I think it's just like everyone's just having a little breather and going, yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Be nice to each other over here. Yeah. Um, Look at this breakfast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look, I have had, I had a breakfast. Oh, that looks like a great breakfast. That does look like, oh, that's a good oh, breakfast. I should like try. I should get that breakfast. Yeah. Where's that from? Sure. Oh, really? Oh, neat. That sounds oh, good. I'll go there. What's the weight like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you obviously, from the before time, you've sure. had the, the, mm-hmm. the digital life and non digital life. Yeah. Do you think you feel more or less lonely? Um, uh, I'm going to say more. Hmm. Yeah, I think more. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I do definitely. I mean, I think as comedy writers, mm-hmm. it kind of, it is in our best interests 
career-wise mm-hmm. to occasionally be funny on the internet. Yes. Uh, I think it's a big part of... Or you vulnerable. Know, uh, or, <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, uh, or speaking truth to power. Uh, Isn't that the comedian's job? <laughs> this is not normal. Um, I'm just in awe of your mic technique Thank there. you. That was really cool. I'm, I'm getting, a, getting a sense of how sensitive this is. You just moved. <laughs> Oh, that's the, like the slogan for me. Sure, <laughs> my operating uh, instructions. Yeah, I but I definitely dream of a of a day when I could leave social network. I think I mm. would be happier. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it would be a bad career decision at this point. But mm. um, uh, yeah, I think as soon as I feel comfortable in my career, I'm mm. I'm more than happy to ditch all this stuff. And sure. Maybe like I can see keeping a Facebook page to you know keep up with the people from high school you like and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, as far as like trying to be good on something oh i don't want to do that anymore mm. oh i don't want to try and be good on a social <laughs> network it sucks yeah so this is a, a extraordinary creepy question but please please uh if if you <laughs> do you only because i've had this vision so many times sure. and when you say you have a fear of dying alone yeah do you know the circumstances of your <laughs> alone death oh yeah so mine is i oh, think please. i'll be eating a, a chicken satay mm-hmm you know, with the point with the pointy, yeah. and I'll just fall and pierce my own throat. Those sticks are too sharp. <laughs> I know. Right? Those sticks. I'll just be walking around my house eating it, right? And then I'll just fall right. Like, I'm probably dancing to like music from musicals. Probably Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And I'll just <laughs> fall and just skewer my throat. Sure. Right. It'll and be quick. You won't even know it happened. That's how I'll be found. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you have any? <laughs> What's your vision of death, Jordan? Let's see. I mean, I think, you know, I think maybe I'm like I'm walking home and a, <laughs> a drunk driver just hits me and wow. then uh, leaves me there. Um, although I think someone would find me then because I'd, right. be, I'd find the body. Sure. Um, as far as here goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kitchen mishap. Yeah. Uh, cleaning a knife and it <laughs> hits an artery. What? I worry about that. Um, oh yeah, maybe I'm like, maybe I like, it, you know, in a in a in, a, in a, a poetically sad death, I get a new video game console and I'm trying to hook it up and my flat screen TV falls on my head. <laughs> That's very nice. Like, oh, he died before he even got to play the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> this is his big break in television, right? Instead of oh yeah, sure, Freddy Krueger can. I always wanted to hey, get into TV. Jordan, if you die before me, I promise I will get a Freddy Krueger impersonator. Thank to you come to, to come to my funeral and make puns about however it is I died. Can you do the same for me with Elvira? Yes, I will. Yeah, Thank you. sure. Hi, I'm Julia Rayside, and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast. Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's brilliant. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat. GreatBigOwl.com 